Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Maida Lee. Living with Maida Lee. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of series 2 of Living with Maidley, a show where we look back at old TV and talk a little bit about nostalgic memories. Um, I'm Andrew, I'm joined by Liam. Hello there, I'm here. I'm ready to go, raring to go. Raring to go, it's my episode sort of this week, isn't it? Public information films, I've been trying to do this for, since last series, it's something I've uh, got a big passion for, public uh, information films. Um, but first, as always, a little bit of mainly news, not much to report. Thankfully, he's well, um, he's out of hospital, it was just a precaution, um, he feels fine. He just said he thought he were a bit dehydrated because he always forgets to take water. Yeah, it's a difficult lesson in life, isn't it? Always he says water. like he's always forgetting to have too much water. So, you know, um, but yeah, absolutely delighted. That, and he said he actually put a few things out there. He said, um, oh, you know, maybe next year, you know, if they'll have me, he might go back in. So, you know, watch this space. Yeah, it's disappointing, but at least the main man is all right. So could be worse. That's it. That's it. The main man is absolutely fine. And that's what we've got from him because obviously he's uh, keeping himself well, keeping his head down. He's not been on uh, Good Morning Britain other than an interview. So, short and sweet, should we crack on with the, the episode? So, when we first decided to record these Living With Made episodes, this was your... This and uh, Scary TV were the two you were kind of... I wouldn't say obsessed with, but really pushing to do. What? Why, why yeah. public information films? I love public information films because... The what I like about them is they, they're so scary, and I've since found doing research for this is restrictions didn't apply in terms of violence and horror because these were technically educational shows uh, that were being shown, so there were no sort of um, age rating or anything like that, so they could be as horrific as they wanted to be, and as we'll see with some of the yeah, stuff that, that I've picked. A lot then, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, and this as I'll just go a little bit over what are public information films. The basic government can commission short films made by the Central Office of Information. And they were sort of showing in do you remember them? They were sort of showing in schools between and uh, showing in schools and in between programmes as well. Yeah. So a public information film, it, is it an advert? Is it not an advert then? Would you class it? It's just that it's, it's, it's what it is. In the same way, a public information film of late, one that people might remember, is obviously Chris Whitty when he came on. Uh, when the coronavirus started, he was saying stay at home, protect the NHS. I mean, remember his dull phase came on. Yeah, so they're government funded and they're to, to protect the public or to inform the public, yeah. Inform and protect, that's what it's basically there for, yeah. Um, earliest ones were used in World War Two, so that's where they first came out, you know what I mean? I think you mentioned it last, what were it? Uh, Careless Whispers, Cost Lives or whatever. Yeah. I, I, Obviously, I, that I, were a poster, I mean, but... Yeah, it was Keller's Talk Cost Lives. Uh, I said Keller's Whispers and JP uh, called me out, I think. That's a George Michael's song, Keller's Whispers. It's a George Michael's song, Keller's Whispers. Very different uh, to what they, was, what they were trying to get across. But I've gone down a massive rabbit hole for myself here. And although this is supposed to be about our memories, I found so much stuff that before, like what we're out before our time, I think I'm gonna, I have to mention them. I actually think we could get a follow-up episode out of this, but we'll see where we lead um i might come back to this topic i know from what you've sent me and, and what i remember 
Yeah, we've had to bend the rules. Some of these are going to be before our time, aren't they? Yeah, and like I say, if people like this episode, I've genuinely, I'm not joking, I think I've got 60 clips that I could have shown because that's how much I've been into like getting this sort of episode together. And I've picked ones that, I'm not saying my favourite, but things that I've got something to say about. But I did ask you to pick one out, didn't I? Yeah, I'm not listening to 60, by the way. So that, if, if you've got 60 to play for this episode, no can do. Well, we'll do that in a spare time. And I'll just, next time like I see you, we'll, we'll go through all 60. Yeah, yeah, can't, can't wait. See you soon. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first memory of this, uh, I didn't really know when it's from, but it's before our time. And it came to me through the prodigy. So it's Charlie Says. <laughs> You must, you must know of Charlie Says. You must know what I mean. Yeah, completely. I know exactly what Charlie Says. Um, it, it's Charlie the, Says the, actually uh, was done in the early 70s. And all right. I'm sure this were on, though. Would this all be in play when we were younger? I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure it probably it was. was. I seem to remember seeing it at school, I think. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, I think they did six, although actually they, they did a more modern one with David Williams, apparently. Uh, David right. Walliams. David Walliams. Um, but yeah, they, they did six cartoons, really weird animation, really sort of odd cat that makes really weird noises. And the the premise is Charlie, this little boy, he's kind of going to do something that gets him in trouble. The cat makes its weird noises, speaks up, and it, mm. Charlie can hear the cat speaking, and the cat tells Charlie not to do something. That's the premise. The one I'm going to play you is about avoiding strangers i suppose i suppose it's like stranger danger so this is mm. an example of a charlie says then this man came up and said would i like to see some puppies and i said yes and i was going to go but charlie stopped me <laughs> charlie's reminded me my mum says i shouldn't go off with people i don't know then the man went away. So that is called Mummy Should Know. And that is obviously the premise is, you know, people are scared of the kids being abducted in parks. So don't go anywhere with a stranger. That's it. That's that's the theme. Yeah. I like this one. I mean, compared to the stuff I'm going to come out with, this is quite lighthearted, isn't it, really? Well, as you say that, it's lighthearted in a sense. But what what sort of information are they giving out here? This This to me is absolutely mental. So... A stranger, presumably a paedophile, tries to abduct a child in a park. And the guidance is, just go home and tell your mum. That, that's it. Job done. His yeah. mum's, oh, all right, cheers. Job Here's his sandwich. Where's your cat? Here's his fish. There you go. Go and do it again. Yeah, if you go back yeah. tomorrow, don't go with him again tomorrow. It's like, what? why doesn't it give you more proper information? What? Surely they should be saying. What, do you think you should be teaching your karate or something? <laughs> maybe. It doesn't say shout for help. It doesn't say scream kick it doesn't say try and remember anything you can about the the stranger and tell your parents yeah report it to the police even exactly yeah yeah Yeah. you know the day after this charlie's name might be abducted and and murdered but it don't matter does it because because he's all right i I just think there should be more to it so straight off the bat we're not happy uh with the public information films uh what the government uh put out there this is fine don't go anywhere Mm -hmm. with a stranger that's 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 simple I don't understand, though, if you're going to make this, why not follow it up with more kind of relevant information and say, you know, and it almost implies, yeah, you know, don't go off if he's trying to show you puppies or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it should be don't don't talk to strangers you know look for another adult if if you feel uncomfortable and i don't know it's, it just doesn't really seem to tick all the boxes for me i think it's uh it's, it's leaving paedophiles out there just as long as they don't get this one guy that's so charlie's more important than other kids basically is what is what well, you're government that, seem to have spent money on suggesting yeah so if your name's not charlie fuck it sorry oh, no, but... cat, isn't it? charlie's all right it's the boy oh no charlie's the cat isn't it? yeah what's the guy what's the kid called Have have any idea does he ever say uh rudiger no i don't know uh i didn't know as well that charlie would i'm just looking now charlie were voiced by kenny everett <laughs> really yeah, Charlie, yeah, uh, Kenny Everett voiced Charlie. Uh, so, but yeah, that is a, a real sort of uh, massive memory. That I, when I think when you talk about public information films, that's one that always stands out. Thankfully, I've not picked that because I've gone really dark, as yeah. as I like to do. Um, before I start, we've already played the Dark Waters one, which is probably known as the scariest ever public information film. We played that in the bonus episode. Do you remember this, Liam? Yeah, yeah don't go near the water like yeah and that's that but we've already played that so we're not going to go into that <sighs> i want to go straight with the horror the first one on, i want to pick out is technically not a pu- pu- public information film because it wasn't produced by the government but by the british transport film in 1977 and it's called the finishing line have you ever heard of this well i know i've sent you it in fact haven't i so yeah i, I hadn't heard of it i have I've, it's burned into my memory now you're sending me a I'm going to go through what happens in this public information film because I just find it absolutely horrendous. I really do. Basically, it warns about the dangers of children's face on railway lines. It was broadcast in its entirety several times on television. I think it's 12 minutes long. But it was so controversial that it was replaced less than two years later by the slightly less graphic robber. I just find it absolutely mad. You can find this on a Vimo. It's not on YouTube because it's too graphic for YouTube. But this is a public information film aimed at kids. You have to sign up to Vimo to watch this video because it's age rated. You had to sign up, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, you said to me, uh, if you don't want to sign up, I'll send you my account details. I had to yeah, I had to register to confirm I was eighteen, I think. This is how horrific this is. So I'm just gonna go over it a little bit. I don't, I don't want to be too long, but so it starts off with the voiceover headmaster saying that children have once again been played on the train tracks and he warns them that the railway is not the games field. Then we hear the inner thoughts of this young boy who's sitting on a railway bridge wall. And he's basically thinking to himself, how fucking cool would it be if we had sports day on the railroad tracks? And then, then they start, he starts imagining the school sports day style event on the railway tracks. And then the rest of the film is basically his imagined idea of what would happen. So everything's coming through the mind of this child. So three games are imagined at his sports day and children are challenged to break through fences surrounding the railway line, play chicken with the trains and throw things at passing trains. Every time this happens, it ends, it ends horrifically, every sort of. Yeah. moment every every event so on the fence break challenge for instance the children run down a grass bank towards the track but one girl falls down and is knocked out on the tracks as the other kids try and pick her up a train comes the kids run off and the train kills her i've got a little clip of the the horrific yeah the, this is just awful
Yeah, they just, it is horrible. They seem quite confused at why a train would be coming on a train track. But yeah, it is horrific. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets even worse. You think, all right, she's dead. That's that's poor. And then we see a lot of adults picking up this girl's dead body from the tracks and putting it into a body bag. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking horrific. And then the next game is stone throwing. So the kids begin throwing stones at a passing train. We then cut to a young passenger who's had a head split open by a brick that's been thrown by the kids. And the train driver with... <laughs> He's got. I'm sure he's got blood coming out of his eyes. What do you? <laughs> what do you both of his eyes have got blood like pouring out of them. Like it's just, I just like there's no need for that sort of graphic. I didn't notice that. I've not watched it for a week. Yeah, the pour is pouring as well. Like it's obviously like whatever they use in special effects, but they put it's pouring out of his eyes. And then the the next task for children is to basically play chicken. They run out as a train comes. Guess what happens? Uh, train hits them. Well, I count five dead children <laughs> and 12 badly injured. Again, I've got a clip here of how, how this is delivered. The result of the last cross. Yellow, score two, injured two. Red, score one, injured three. Blue, score seven, injured one, number of dead one. Green, no score. It is powerful stuff, I'll give it that. I mean I, I think people know to not play on a train track, don't they? I think I think they do it. Well then at that age, I remember, genuinely remember, guy you know, friend of the show, Brendan, he we were we must have been playing chicken on the train tracks and he got stuck, like his leg stuck in like a little bit of a hole. And everyone going, Oh my god, he's definitely there were no trains coming, thankfully. But I don't know. I think it's something that kids probably do do. Idiots like like me, anyway. Yeah, but you. It's not that you didn't think it was dangerous. It's that you wanted to dare yourself to do it. I, I don't think it's a shock to anybody that if the train hits you, it'll kill you. Is it like? No, I know what you mean. I suppose the graphic nature of this is, I suppose, is just trying to sell you, because it is that graphic, and in this way, it probably works. That. You are, it does make you think more than, oh, I'm just going to get it by a train. It's like, oh, shit. I Which don't know. Going to say to you in some of these, do you think, are, are these so deliberately over the top? Because people now don't play on a train track. But are, are these absolutely, are these, I suppose they're trying to frighten children, aren't they? That's what it's supposed to do. That's it. They should all petrify them to the point where, you know, they're not going to go anywhere near a train track. So, you know, this one may be work. We'll get to the end and see what you think about it. See if they think you, you think it works or not. Um, the final challenge is for the kids to go through the train tunnel. But after the enter, a train approaches. Um, by the end of the sports day, only four children are actually still alive and each of them are terribly injured. One boy who crosses the finish line collapses and the overhead speaker announces that he's won. Uh, and then the film finishes as a group of adults appear and go into the tunnel and carry out the bodies of dead and injured children, which are then laid out in a long line across the railway track. And basically the camera pans out to show all these dead and blooded children across the track before returning to the boy sitting on the railway bridge, thinking, oh, maybe actually it's not a fucking good idea. <laughs> Was he one of the four that survived? He's not in it. He's just overseeing things. They missed a bit of a trick there, didn't they? Because if they had three left, you could have got like a gold, silver and a bronze at the end. Now they give stickers out. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it, it doesn't I, actually I say. If you got the gold and thought, actually, it's not that bad. I don't <laughs> yeah, I, like, I might get into Olympics. If everyone dies, only four survive out of all these classes. Then maybe I can, yeah. But he says, like, it, it looks like he's reconsidering. But he doesn't actually say it. Maybe he's not reconsidering. Maybe he's looking and thinking, you know what? 
I fancy my chances here. Collateral damage, but somebody's going to win. But no, I mean, it, it is it is horrific. It is proper. I mean, actually, it's slightly reminiscent of Threads, you know, kind of the the real dark sort of just just keeps getting worse almost. Now, it's only a short clip, but it is horrible. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, well, that, do, do you think it works as a, as a public information film? I think it works, but I think, I don't know. I, I don't think I would before that be thinking, oh, I'll tell you what's really safe thing to do and play on the train tracks. And then after that, be thinking, oh, actually, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. Perhaps at that age, it would have shocked me into thinking, no, you can't go near them. I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure. Well, we'll come to the end and we'll see if we think that like, these films should be played. The next one I want to talk about is another uh, graphic one. It's actually by graphic films. And this one is made by the government. Um, and it's called Apaches. This is 1977 again, actually. And this is, I'm going to be brief with this one, but it's basically a warning of the dangers of playing on a farm. Obviously, all the kids die in terrible circumstances. You know what I mean? Fucking about in tractors and stuff like that. And they all die. The reason I want to bring this up is because... The ending shows a group of adults eating at a dinner table and a list of name, ages and causes of death come up with this. This groove. I'll play the music here. So it's showing you four uh, adults eating at a dinner table. And then we get a list of children's name coming up with this music. The dead are watching me. Perhaps this was all meant to be. Yeah, the, the music just seems very uh, inappropriate, doesn't it? Well, I, I, this is going to blow your mind then if you think it's inappropriate. The the character, the, the name shown, I thought were characters in the film that had died. We've just seen a film of people yeah. dying on a farm. They were a list of actual real children who had really died in farm accidents the year before. What was that? And it was sets of that music. You are sorry. What are they doing? Who chose that? What? It's crazy. They were real people. <laughs> Some sort of groovy 60s track. Yeah. Again, yeah. Again, I suppose it's it's frightening, it's shocking. I don't know if the end sort of takes away from that a little bit, because I assume they were like cast members or... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I did. It's it, more it goes shocking. Through, like the, the type. shocking you've told me that, but I wouldn't have known that. I would have just sort of thought... Oh, yeah, they're playing the credits now with his sort of nice guitar playing. It shows you, like, all these... Because the reason I looked into this is because there's more people on the credit, what I thought were the credits, than there are children who actually die in the public information film. So I thought, who are all these people? So I did a bit of research, and they are real children who died on farms. Does it say... Because he sent it me, I don't know, a while ago. Does it say yeah. in memory of or something like that? Is no. Some... no, 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 no. No in memory, just fucking straight to the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely stunning. I want to get through these quite quick because I've got a lot. And this is sort of lightening the mood a little bit. Um, obviously, friends of the show, Tufty Club. Got the name because Chris Wilder, the Sheffield United manager, Sheffield United podcast for those who don't know, Sheffield United manager was nicknamed Tufty because he looked like the character Tufty who appeared in public information films. I'm going to play a little bit of one of the public information films here where it's basically three squirrels. One gets knocked over by a car because he didn't wait for his mum to get an ice cream. This is what happened one day when the ice cream van stopped by Tufty's house. 
Ice cream! And Tufty goes to find his mummy. Tufty always asks his mummy to go with him to the ice cream van. But Willie Weasel has gone off to get an ice cream by himself. Oh, dear! Oh, mummy! Willie has been knocked down by a car! Now Willie has been hurt. And all because he didn't ask his mummy to go with him to the ice cream van. When you want to go to the ice cream van, always take mummy with you. Yeah, I don't remember this. And I didn't know... Uh, obviously, I knew Tufty Club were named after Chris Wilder. I thought we called Tufty because he had a bit of hair that stuck up. So I didn't know of this character, Tufty the Squirrel. But now yeah. the, the Tufty Club badge makes sense to me. So this is yeah. I mean that that particular video I've just played. I think it's better if you imagine the squirrels as Deb Bart Webster and and, and, and Andy being the lad who's knocked over, which is why you never never hear from him on on their uh, on the Tufty Club podcast. But I do remember Tufty slightly again before my time, but I've must have seen it in some form or another. Yeah, uh, I mean again, it sort of shows the time, doesn't it? It's it's a bit of a kind of. It's a world where I presume daddy's at work and, and mummy's at home who can take you to get the ice cream. It's you must ask mummy yeah. if you want to get an ice cream. But yeah, I, again, it's slightly confused messages, really. It's not. It, don't cross a road, basically, without a parent is is the message. Yeah. If the ice I cream think this is outside his house, he doesn't need to cross the road. So don't cross the road. If it's outside his house, that accident doesn't happen, but he's not learned a lesson. I presume you've seen the Kevin Keegan look left, look right, whatever it is, yeah, uh, public information yeah. film. Yeah. Do you think that were better done than the Tufty one? Yeah, I think the message is confused in this one. It's saying make sure you ask your parent before you go for an ice cream. That that's not the me- the message is listen to Keegan. Look left, look right. What is it? Stop, look, listen. Yeah. Look, yeah. I don't know what it is. I can't remember that so much. I mean, obviously before our time again, but I can't remember what he told me to do, to be honest, Keegan. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Now, this is what I do remember, and I reckon you will too. This is from 1999. I was going to play a little bit here. Now you see him. Now you don't. Now you see him. Now you don't. Now you see him. Now you see him. Now you see him. Yeah, uh, this is narrated by Christopher Eccleson. I think it's just really well done, actually. It is. The only thing I'd say with these is, and I don't know if, if I'm pointing out something that I'm, I'm sort of stealing from somewhere else, because I'm not sure if I've heard this or whatever, but why mm. do they put these public information films? I know why. I think it's because it's cheaper. But they show them at, like, midnight on, on sort of Channel 4. That Why aren't they... Surely these sort of things should be on instead of like Mars bar adverts or Coca-Cola adverts. Why, why are I they don't know. I'm not sure. They've got a decent budget to do these films. By this point, we're winding down. I'll come on to the end of public information films uh, as, as the episode goes on. But yeah, I do know what you mean. Uh, you just really, I just remember like, like sort of late night TV. You'd sort of all of a sudden you'd think, mm. oh, what that? And it were a public information film. And they were quite scary even then. I think even stuff like this, it were quite shocking. There's another one which I've not picked out. Can you remember where the... The, uh, the the guy didn't put his seatbelt on and he kills his mum yeah. by going into the back of her. 
And it's yeah, like yeah, she knew yeah. where Killer was. And I'm like, fucking hell, what the oh, fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, you should have played that. That were a good one. Well, they, they don't really work over audio because it's just a girl screaming, basically. Remember that one as well? Um, Tanya, yeah. you remember that one from around the same era? Where it was something like, uh, if you hit this child at 30 miles an hour, yeah. there's a 30% chance that you will have broken bones. If you hit her at 40, there'll be yeah. a 90% chance you'll die. Something like that. Yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah, there's another one. Do you remember that guy knocks a kid over and he keeps seeing him as he's in bed? Like, or like he's doing, he's not just in bed, he's like, not, it's yeah, awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just sees him every time he's in bed. No, he's, uh, he's every time he's like sort of doing, like doing his cooking, he turns around and like that child just peering at him. I thought yeah. that was quite well done as well. I think they did get better of it. I think this is the, this is one I definitely remember. And this shit me up. I was seven. I had no idea what was going on. And this was definitely shown prime time because I remember it. The virus can be passed during sexual intercourse with an infected person. Anyone can get it, man or woman. So far, it's been confined to small groups, but it's spreading. So protect yourself and read this leaflet when it arrives. If you ignore AIDS, it could be the death of you. So don't die of ignorance. Yeah, there's, there's something. Obviously, AIDS is not funny. The advert's not funny. I think because it was on. I think we were young, five or six. I was used to quite like this advert because it reminded me of the Castrol TTS. <laughs> Fuck me. So, if anybody's listening in series one, episode two, we did a sort of our classic adverts from childhood. There's a Castrol GTX one that I loved, and there's something about this advert that reminded me of it the kind of mechanical sound and the, the letters and stuff. So, I was probably too young to know what it was or what was going on, and yeah. I just remember thinking, oh, it's quite, quite like this advert. I used to be really scared of it. I didn't know what it was, but I don't know that sort of there is no known cure. I think that's like quite sinister. John Hurt doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I thought that. I thought that when I heard yeah, it. Yeah, John Hurt does it. Um, I if I'd have remembered, I'd have probably put this in my scary moments episode as one of my choices. To be fair. Really? Do you think you were kind of old enough to know what it was then? I remember it being on, not knowing what age was, no idea what it was talking about. I just found it really. You've got to remember this is like a what? I've just looked actually. Nineteen eighty hour five. Not even that in fact. Three, four, yeah, five. So I I mean it would have been on for a couple of years after as well, I would have thought. But I sort of had not seen anything like this. This is primetime sort of TV. So all I've seen is cartoons and I'm probably scared by Skeletor or whatever. Do you know what I mean? This was so seriously dumb. I shouldn't have been watching this, if you know what I mean, because it was that scary. Yeah, yeah. Although I suppose it it was done in such a way that I think if you don't know what it is, it's not it's not kind of giving away too much, is it? No, I don't, mean, I don't mean I don't I don't mean in that sense. I mean I, I shouldn't have been subjected to that sort of fear and seriousness. I should have because that's that's what the job of the public information film is. But to me, it was just horror. I didn't know what AIDS was. Didn't know what sexual intercourse was. Still don't. Yeah, you'll find out one day. The full blown AIDS. So the next, the one I want to play now is one that thankfully was never used. Um, but this. This is this is in the background actually of a few scenes in Threads, which obviously we covered in series two, episode four. Um, thankfully, it wasn't needed. But this was what was genuinely going to be played um, in the days leading up to a war. This is called Protect and Survive. Have you heard this? Do you remember it in Threads at all? No, and actually, of all the things you've, I've listened to, most of these don't remember this one. So I'll give this one a listen as you play it. <laughs> I 
I love that theme tune because oh, theme tune really. Well, whatever it is, because it goes. You think, oh god, this is serious. Obviously, you're like you're preparing for war. You, you know, you're gonna probably die. But I love how they have to. It seems so needlessly creepy to add that extra synth line. You're like, yeah, little little. You think, God, so why? What are you doing? I'm already shitting it. You don't need to do that as well. So this, sorry, just just to kind of get back. They do use this actual advert in Threads then, or do Threads yeah. kind of make their own version of it? No, 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 they use this actual advert in the background of Threads. You right. might not notice it because it's just on the background of the TV. No, I do, do recognise that music from Threads, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm obsessed with this, Predict and Survive, because it's an hour-long video, this, because remember, this is where you are going to basically go to war, so everything's taken off air, and this is the only thing that's going to be put on. And it's about all the things you can do to try and survive a, an, an upcoming nuclear attack. So this is taking over. Imagine this being on. I mean, it's so I mean, this is like the 70s. So I'm not expecting fantastic. It's so badly done and creepily done and stuff. I think I think you just I think you'd end it. Is it, is it very bleak? Is it? I've, obviously, I've not seen the full thing. Well, I'm is just going to play a line from it. This is my favorite line from the entire thing. If anyone dies while you are kept in your fallout room, move the body to another room in the house. Yeah, so it's quite it's quite uplifting then, yeah. Yeah, so if anyone dies, fuck them. Do you know Come what I mean? Spare room. Yeah, get him in spare room. We've got spare room, he's dead him, yeah. But it's all about, there's all this thing like, please stay indoors. If you go outside, the fallout will probably kill you. Imagine watching this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm finding it funny, but yeah, it would be absolutely terrifying, wouldn't it, if they played this? I can't imagine what that must have been like, like I mean, if that had come on. And that were all ready to go during the Cold War, so thankfully we didn't have to use it. Was it ever aired at any moment? Did it ever come close enough to play that? I don't think it were ever aired, but I think the... Well, I don't know what the closest might be. Maybe Cuban Missile Crisis, I'm not sure. But, like I said, this is what we're going to be played. Uh, there's a lot of spoofs on this, actually, to protect and survive, because it was so... They released it, the British government released it, obviously, years later... Um, and I think people find fascinated by it because it's, a, it's almost like watching an alternative reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I suggest I suggest anyone who is interested in those sort of things of sort of, you know, how the government were going to. I mean, I've read a couple of books on how the government were going to prepare for it and stuff like that. And this is why I'm so interested in threads. If people are well, interested in threads. Sort of it, yeah, you love your sort of negative apocalyptic i love my apop- yeah i love the apocalypse i think uh, i like all that sort of stuff <laughs> if anyone else is interested in it um i just put in protect and survive i think it's about an hour long and it's all the videos that they play um as that's going to happen yeah yeah okay so well, uh, so in 2011 the uh, the coi was shut down the government to this day no longer make public information films which i didn't realize did you mm, no but i suppose it's not like you sit. Have you seen the latest public information? I suppose you only you register yeah. them when they're on, and that's it. So no, charities I'm, and companies still do. Charities and companies still do. So you might see the odd. I imagine there's probably drink driving ones and stuff like that, which is not done by the government, but uh, probably charities and stuff like that. So I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But they closed on the 30th of December 2011 after 65 years. Uh, there are still companies, as I said, making public information films like fire kills is one uh, national security uh, for the prevention of cruelty to children which i've seen that in fact and and the national rail 
So they are still going, but the government don't do them anymore. I imagine that they're not as allowed to be as graphic as they once were as well. It's almost like the government don't care about us no more. Yeah, man. Now you get Chris Whitty just saying, yeah, if you want to stay in, stay in. If not, I don't know. I'm, does it mean like a, like, I don't know, like a sort of hard man voice then? If you want to stay in, you stay in. <laughs> I wonder if it would have been better if they'd have got an hard man during the coronavirus thing to just say, right, fucking stay indoors right now. And you fucking map it. Yeah. So, but it wasn't just Britain who had um, public information films. This one blew my mind, and I have sent it to you, so you know what's coming. <laughs> I wonder what you're gonna play. Are you gonna play that? Are we using it? I think we were debating about it because it's not funny, but it's just mind blowing. Uh, this is a shocker. This this is from 1961. It's called Boys Beware, and it's basically a film where the filmmaker confuses homosexuality with paedophilia. I'm gonna play a couple of clips from it here. Ralph was sick, a sickness that was not visible like smallpox but no less dangerous and contagious, a sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual, a person who demands an intimate relationship with members of their own sex. One never knows when the homosexual is about. He may appear normal, and it may be too late when you discover he is mentally ill. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's absolutely outrageous, isn't it? It's unbelievable that that is a real... Was that a government-funded advert? Government-funded, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the thing about this is, this was only 60 years ago. This is in the same country where Jerry Lee Lewis at this time married his 13-year-old cousin, which legally certain states in America were absolutely fine with. But this was just, I just, I mean, it's great how far we've come, obviously, from this. But it's, it's quite scary, really, that, you know, people are still alive, you know, who watch this as a 20-year-old. And must have thought, like, homosexuality was... Well, as I said, they, they basically painted him as a paedophile, this guy, I should say. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous, isn't it? I, I, it is, I can't say it's not funny. It's hilarious. But it's it's unbelievable, like, in, in the sort of modern context that that ever got made. I, I mean, this is a... I think there's, like... I think it's about 15 minutes. The first time I saw it, someone sent me this, and... I thought, well, it's, it's got to be a spoof. It's like got, got to be like a sick spoof, sort of. But it's not. It's real, genuinely real. Um, so I just this out of all the ones, the, the the first one that I mentioned was the the most shocking in terms of the graphic detail. This one just blew my mind at how just awful it was. To be fair, um, so I've come to the end of my clips basically. I did want to ask you actually what you would like to be. I'm putting you on the spot here. I've not asked you this before, but what would you like to be made into a public information film? Anything that you think the public should know about one that that they don't? Oh yeah, loads. Um, <laughs> uh, use your indicators. Don't drive too close to the back of my car, you fucking knobhead. Um, <laughs> not just your car. Well, any car, but yeah, I could be in it. Um, it's not really public information, is it? But I'd like to. There's a lot of shops these days that have got like sort of fridges in with drinks in. But they're not really fridges. They're just sort of lit up cabinets. So you buy it thinking it's really cold. Yeah. It's, it's not. I don't, I don't know if I could do anything about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's worthy of a public information film. Definitely, yeah. I think there's yeah, there's loads of things. I think, like, for instance, I think it should be a public information film about phoning your own doctors up at the moment, actually. Like, I won't phone today for 20 minutes trying to get a prescription. It should be like, don't phone your doctors. They're not going to fucking answer. Just get a chemist. <laughs> just that. Yeah. Just delivered in that sort of matter of the fact way. I don't know. There's like I say, there's absolute loads. There's um, 
I don't like it, for instance, when customers in shops and things just sort of... I don't know why. So why did you have to take so long to pick a carrot out? You know, when you're waiting behind to pick a, get a carrot or something. Choose your carrots faster. Yeah, choose your carrots faster. Peter Serafanovich, who I can't pronounce, but I'll, I'll say it that quick. I hope I've got away with it. He loves aping these films, and uh, I was going to play you one here. You've blown out the candles. Turned off the oven. Locked the front door. Secured the windows. Switched off the bandsaw. And hidden your gold. But you've forgotten about the poison sockets. Remember, poison sockets are full of poison. Switch them off. Uh, but that basically, I mean, like I say, I could be here all day. I've tried to bang through these as quick as I possibly can to try and get as much in as possible. Um... But, I, you know, if people enjoy this episode, let us know, and I, I will happily come back to it. If people don't like it, I will put it, I'll just use it for my own personal pleasure. Yeah, well, this, this has been a bit of a vanity project for you, this one, hasn't it? I think yeah, if, completely, yeah. Perhaps we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what people think. We might do an episode in the next series, and uh, I'll do a bit more digging, and we'll, we'll perhaps focus in on a few more rather than just skimming through a lot. So. Well, if forever, like, for instance, you, I don't know, get an ice cream without asking your mum, and get knocked over, and I have to do this, uh, this show solo, I can I can at least do this, because I've got loads of clips. Anyway, on that note, shall we go to any other business? Yes, business. Yes, business time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, so just before I forget, we meant to mention this last week, but we forgot, actually. Um, Jamie, I'll talk about the Paul Sykes episode. Jamie Boyle who's an author, um, has a book out, or several books out on him, um, on Paul Sykes. So we'll leave a link to that on, um, in this description of this episode. But check them out. I'm definitely going to be a... Yeah, by, by the way, that, I ended up sort of going into some of that. So uh, he's got on YouTube, he's got a page called Warcry Publishing, and he's written quite a few books. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, a really entertaining storyteller, this guy, and he's, he's got a few stories about Paul Sykes and other sort of hard men and other stories so yeah if, if you liked some of that then I, I certainly found something quite interesting some of the stories and I'm, I'm quite intrigued by some of his books as well so yeah war mm. cry publishing is the facebook page sorry the yeah. youtube page yeah well we'll leave a link to that um on the channel five episode last week uh, adam follett said um the channel five secured the network premiere of independence day and he assumed that they'd show it on launch night six months after its release you're actually partly true because they showed it two years later <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and Jez got in touch. So I, I hope we haven't uh, upset Jez here because he seems like a bit of a Jack Doherty fan. Obviously, we were asking last week uh, who Jack Doherty was, basically. We had no idea who he was. Um, and he, the sketch show we mentioned last week, absolutely. The, when he said Moena Banks had been in it, I do, I'm 90% sure I know what this is. I think she, one of her characters in it, plays that, you know, that school kid. And I'll scream, I'm scream, I'm scream. Yeah, yeah, do, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the same show. So he sent us a link to watch, absolutely. And I'm happy to do that because he compares it to a fast show, Big Train, um, which is good enough for me. So, yeah, um, we've, we've got a Jack Doherty for me. We've been a bit harsh on him, actually. Yeah, but again, as, as with some other stuff that I wouldn't say we've had stick for, that, that people have questioned, we're just judging it on that one night's TV and neither of us really knows much about him after. But, um, yeah, I'm sure he's gone on to do other things, so... No, yeah. no disrespect to Mr. Jack Doherty. 
No, not not all. Uh, LJD said the Red Shoe Diaries. Um, he read that David David Duchovny were being treated for a sex addiction, sex addiction, sex addiction, uh, which he found funny because on the Red Shoe Diaries, his only involvement was walking his dog at the end of the show. <laughs> it's like uh, Ken Barlow, didn't he used to do that when he was having an affair? Yeah, oh yeah, he used to go on a lot of. Ken- we should do an episode actually on um. Ken Barlow's affairs, but I don't know if we've got 16 hours, to be fair. We've <laughs> got a lot on it, old Ken, to be fair. Um, and you've got a lot of stick uh, for bad in Channel 4. Mark Webster was not happy with you. Rightly so, I think. Rightly so. Um, yeah, I, do you know what? I think this is cross wires with, uh, with Webber. I think, I think you and him are thinking of a later era. I'm thinking of being a young kid that Channel 4 didn't have much for me. I, so you're thinking of like as a 10-year-old, there were nothing on Channel 4 for you? Even younger than that. I'm thinking of sort of 6, 7, 8. I think mm. at 10, I don't remember much. I think, yeah, as, as you start to kind of get into your teens, I think there's a bit more and then it, it becomes almost sort of one of the better channels. But yeah, admittedly, I had forgotten a lot of the stuff that you guys sort of called me out. When did June Sarpon come out? Uh, I know it's not a TV show. June Sarpong came out. If anyone mentions Channel 4 to me, I think of June Sarpong. Yeah, but again, this is T4, so we were probably, what, 14? Yeah, 15? yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like that's the reason. I mean, if anything, it's the reason that you're right, that you were poor. But I don't know. Just Someone mentioned Channel 4 to me straight away. I think June Sarpong, Holly Oaks, Father Ted, Richard Blackwood show. Um, it's all right, so all we need to do now, Liam, is talk about next week's episode. Do you want to reveal to the masses what we're going to be doing? Sure thing. I just need to know what it is. Is it Blanche? <laughs> it's Blanche from Coronation Street. So we we did in episode series one. I did Richard Hillman. This is another. It's a, a trip back to Coronation Street. I'm going to do the comedy of the character of Blanche. Yeah. And this so you is leave, something. You leave me out there as if it's a terrible idea. This is your idea. This one. No, 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 not all. We were going to do, weren't we, comedy soap moments, and then we yeah. started looking a little bit. And it were all bland, weren't it? Yeah, and just in a, in a brief look at some things we could do, we found lots of stuff funny that she's done and said. So stick with us on this. If You might think, oh, I don't watch Coronation Street. I'm not interested. I'm only into sports and stuff like that. Give, give it a go. <laughs> see what you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, honestly, I think she's probably the funniest ever soap character. Um, intentionally funny anyway, because obviously you can't write Dev, Dev off. We might come to Dev at a later episode. But yeah, really looking forward to this because I've only looked at a few clips. We'll give a little bit of a backstory and try and pick out some of the funniest moments from Blanche from Coronation Street. Do we know what's the second name? Rashid. No, it's not because I don't know. That's that's what that's the sort of research we need to get into, mate. Blanche from Coronation Street. Blanche from Coronation Street. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I suppose so. A couple of bits I've looked at made me laugh. So yeah, it should it should be entertaining. I think. Yeah, and I'd also uh, anyone who had us in their Spotify top five podcasts, the the few of you did. Thanks for listening, and uh, quite surprised that we got into a couple of people's lists actually. So yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. I, I mean, yeah, joking aside, it was really nice to see. This is our first year of releasing anything, so. There's not really anything to compare it to. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Brilliant to see some people had us in their top five. Thanks very much. We were surprised and delighted. So, cheers, everyone. Yeah, thanks for that. And I will see you next week, mate, when we'll have a, a, a more uplifting one than this, I, I would think. Yeah, we'll see which way it goes. But, yeah, hopefully. Right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. See you in a bit, dude. If 
if uh, anyone wants to get in touch with us send us anything find us on twitter at livingwithmade1 or you can send us an email at livingwithmadely at outlook.com living